Welcome back to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, a short episode with me, Marissa, where we're going to be talking about eating for health versus eating for fat loss. There's a distinct difference between these two things, but we often tend to get them confused and it leaves us feeling stuck and frustrated in our health and fitness goals. So in this episode, I'm going to briefly break down the difference and help you understand how you can eat for one or the other or both and reach your goals in the process. Now, we don't interrupt this show midway with sponsored ads or asking you for ratings and reviews. So while you're getting settled, we ask that you just take two seconds to support our show by giving it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Ratings and reviews allow us to bring more knowledgeable and influential people onto the show for you to learn everything possible about science and sustainability with respect to your goals. Now, if you liked this episode in particular, screenshot it and tag us on Instagram to show your support. One share could be the catalyst for someone in your life to transform their body, their health, and their fitness for good. And of course, it helps our show grow too, and we appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Now, we don't take your attention for granted, so let's get right into it. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. Marissa here for a little short episode that I wanted to do today because I was feeling pretty inspired after a conversation that I actually had yesterday with a client. And so the title of this episode is Eating for Health versus Eating for Fat Loss. And I just wanted to make the distinction, and I had kind of like a tweetable moment, uh, which I did make an infographic out of that I will be posting, (laughs) that eating Just because you're eating something that is healthy does not necessarily mean that it's good for fat loss. And just because something is good for fat loss does not necessarily mean that it is healthy. And so today I wanted to actually draw the distinction out between eating for health and eating for fat loss, what the difference is, how you might be doing one but not the other, um, and how you can potentially do both but still reach and still reach your goals. So I'm I guess I'm gonna just start with what is eating for health. Um, actually, no, you know what? I'm going to start with, uh, the, the inspiration for all of this. I was talking with a client on Wednesday, yesterday, the day I'm recording, this is Thursday. And I was on a client call and we were going over this client had to travel that weekend for, um, work. And she basically was, thinking, okay, well, you know, our goals for this week, she's getting ready to go into a fat loss phase. We set up her calories and her protein targets. We're not macro tracking quite yet, but she was planning out what her choices were going to be over the weekend. And so I was like, at first, you know, she listed off, rattled off a couple things. And in my head, I've been macro tracking. I know exactly what the nutrition label on basically anything is off the top of my head. So she rattled off a couple of options of things that she was going to eat. And in my head, I went, wow, that's a lot of fat and a lot of calories. I don't think she knows that that's not going to (laughs) work with her goals. And her goals were, um, I'll just say this, 1,700 calories and 100 grams of protein per day, just to start her off, just to get consistent. And um, and to kind of give context, she was chronically under eating prior to this. So 1,700 is actually a lot. But... um, Essentially, we were going through it and she listed off like, okay, I'm going to get the protein box at Starbucks. I'm going to get my ice soy latte. I'm going to get a smoked salmon and cream cheese bagel. 
And I'm listening to these things and I'm like, I hear 30 grams of fat, 50 grams of fat (laughs) in all these things. Because if you've tracked macros, you know that when you're out, that is like the hidden culprit of everything, right? Is fat is very abundant in everything. That's what makes it hard for people to stay on track when they're on the go. Typically, high fat, lack of protein, carbs are kind of, you know, here nor there. And so what I had her do is I, I said, okay, well, let's go through it right now. And I didn't tell her, hey, you're wrong, or that's stupid, or you should know better, because she doesn't. She doesn't know better, and people don't know better. So I said, okay, let's pull up my fitness pal, let's plug it in, let's start planning ahead, right? So I had her pull up my fitness pal, scroll over to Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, which were the days that she was traveling, and I said, all right, so which morning are you going to go get Starbucks? Which morning are you going to get that bagel? Go plug it in. And as soon as she did that, I just saw her face drop. <laughs> her face dropped and she said, oh, and I was like, what is it? And I'm just approaching this with curiosity because like, I want my clients to discover this for themselves rather than me telling them something is good or bad, right? We have to have them come to the conclusion that it is going to be conducive or non-conducive to the goals that we've set. And she plugged in the bagel, basically, sam- smoked salmon, cream cheese, bagel, and ice soy latte. And she was basically like, that is a lot of calories. And I was like, okay, got it. So let's adjust what we can do here. So we went, ended up going through the hotel that she's staying at, the restaurant they have for breakfast. We found an egg white omelet option. We plugged that in, you know, egg whites, mushrooms, spinach. We accounted for cheese if it's going to be there, but she can ask for no cheese and a tablespoon of olive oil to cook it in. She was like 14 grams of fat in a tablespoon. Got it got it right and it's just crazy how quickly that stuff adds up um we went through the whole starbucks menu i gave my recommendations of okay if you're going to get starbucks you know your coffee is your non-negotiable but instead of the protein box maybe let's get the turkey sausage and egg white muffin um, because that one has low fat moderate protein moderate carbs um and we were just going through option after option after option I was listing out snacks. We were going through what she's going to have for dinner. We went through menus, everything. Like this whole call was like an hour <laughs> of planning. and But it was worth it, right? And so I asked her, how are you feeling at the end of this? And she said, well, it's getting real. <laughs> and, you know, for me, it was incredibly uncomfortable for me to sit there and watch her make these realizations and like watch her kind of understand that the sacrifice that pursuing fat loss involves. But that was my own discomfort, my discomfort in telling someone the truth of what they need to hear, not what they want to hear, right? Because like my comfortable self would just be like, awesome, sounds like a healthy choice, you got this. But that would be setting her up for failure, right? And so I had to face my own discomfort, let her come to these realizations and let her come to the fact that, okay, this is real. But you know what I realized in that moment was, It getting real, quote unquote, isn't necessarily a bad thing. It it probably, in fact, reinforced the fact that she's taking action towards her health and she's going to make progress because it's not the same damn thing that she's just been doing over and over again that hasn't been working, right? Because we did maintain her progress through the holidays, which was awesome with the choices that she was making, just these healthy choices, right? There's nothing wrong with those foods that she listed, but they were not conducive to fat loss, so therefore she did not see progress. So that was like the context of of how all this came to mind and how I got so inspired to talk about it. So you can probably see what I mean by eating for health versus eating for fat loss now, and I'll define these things. So what is eating for health? Eating for health 
means making choices that align with your goals health-wise, meaning the nutrient density of foods, picking foods that are high in vitamins, minerals, micronutrients, fiber, uh, protein, learning how to incorporate those things into your diet. It also means making choices that might align with your mental health, your emotional health, and your physical health. And it might mean saying hell yes to that food on Thanksgiving or Christmas, right? Because it's worth it for your mental health and your sanity to have those things. It might also be eating for health and something that I'm learning going through a functional nutrition specialization is learning that eating for health might mean eliminating certain foods for periods of time to get your gut health or your hormone health back to an optimal place before slowly reintroducing it. It might mean adding in specific nutrients in order to get certain nutrients into your system so that you are able to get those things, those hormones, gut, thyroid, um, adrenals, all those things back to a good place before slowly reintroducing or you know removing or slowly reducing the amount of those foods. So like elimination, addition of specific nutrients, supplementation of specific nutrients, that all encompasses eating for health. In addition to, you know, choices that we make, maybe organic, non-GMO, grass-fed versus not, um, what, you know, quality of meats or proteins or fruits or vegetables are we purchasing, what pesticides, those are choices that revolve around eating for health, depending on how the individual defines health. If the individual defines health as the amount of processing, the amount of chemical additions, the amount of uh, pesticides, those kinds of things, and that's something that they are being mindful for for their health, then that is valid, right? But if somebody's eating for health is eating for mental health because maybe they've been at a really restrictive place and their version of making a healthy choice is saying yes to more things, that might also be um, something to do. And, And I don't always stand behind this fully, but there are situations where, you know, for our emotional health, making certain decisions around food, whether that means making emotional, like being emotional and making a decision that, that is not emotional eating, um, because a lot of people struggle with emotional eating, turning to food for comfort. So maybe a decision for your emotional health might be making a choice that is nutrient dense in the face of stressful emotions, or if you find that your problem is not that and your problem is maybe you you don't treat yourself enough and you are extra restrictive, then maybe you know having a food that is nostalgic for you uh, to help you feel good in that moment is okay and is a choice you need to make for your health. So those are all very, very different examples of how do you eat for health. Now, how do you eat for fat loss? <laughs> to simplify it down to the like simplest sentence that I can is literally just your choices aligned with the numbers that you need to hit for fat loss. You're eating to fit a specific budget. In fat loss, we need to make sure that we have a caloric deficit in place. And usually this involves some method of tracking. And if we're tracking it and we're hitting the caloric deficit, that means that our choices are adjusted to hit a specific calorie budget, which means we might be making choices to have more 
nutrient dense or water dense foods that don't have as many calories per unit of volume so that we can eat more physical food and feel fuller without having as many calories. So when we eat for fat loss, we do need to be mindful of calories in versus calories out. It's not just a matter of making decisions for health or what is healthy or what is nutrient dense versus what is not, but it's also making sure that everything fits the budget. Now, as much as I kind of reduce that down, that doesn't mean that eating for fat loss is bad and eating for health is good. Like I, I gave a lot of more detail on the health part because that's just a broader word that means a lot of things to a lot of different people. It's really just a matter of seasons. Eating for fat loss is not bad. It is something that is necessary in a season of fat loss. Eating for health is not good nor bad. It's something that is necessary in specific seasons for people. And so when it comes to this, what I found is that people can often be eating for health, like my client, for example, was making plenty of healthy choices. All the choices that she made and we're discussing were healthy choices. Like it wasn't, she wasn't going to McDonald's, she wasn't getting a burger and fries, she wasn't eating a ton of processed food, she was going for nutrient dense foods. But that wasn't enough to elicit fat loss, which was now the goal. And she didn't understand that because she has not intentionally pursued a fat loss phase in that way before. But we had set the foundation of eating healthy. She was making those choices. And now we have to adjust that definition in a fat loss phase moving forward. And so what I find is that people eating for health think that that is equivalent to eating for fat loss. And then they get frustrated because they're stuck because they're eating for health, but they're not in a calorie deficit. So they're not seeing progress and they're frustrated. And they're saying, I'm eating so healthy. Why am I not seeing progress? And then on the flip side, people who eat for fat loss, who eat in a calorie deficit and they are gung ho on their 1200 calories on my fitness pal, but they're eating all these diet foods and bars and shakes that replace their meals rather than having real food. And they are just having the most possible food that they can, even if it's filled with chemicals or processed because it's low calorie and it fits the fat loss budget. And they might have really horrible GI discomfort. They might have awful um, internal health that results in energy being crap, hair loss, um, performance in the gym absolutely tanking, uh, muscle loss, and all of the other symptoms that might come from having your internal health be crappy. Um, so again, neither is good or bad. And, and in an ideal world, you need both in order to be successful with any goal, whether that is eating for health or eating for fat loss. And so it's really just about learning how to make good choices compared to learning how to eat for fat loss, um, in the first, in the first place. And then from there, uh, how do you find the balance, right? How do you find the balance to eat for health and eat for fat loss if that is the goal? Now, what I would say is you should probably, if you're listening to this podcast and health is a priority to you, then like eating for health is the prerequisite and it's the foundation and it's something that should always be there. That's the goal, right? That is the foundation before the bricks are laid. And then if you have a specific goal, like losing 20 pounds, for example, then you go ahead and you dial that in, the knowledge you have around eating for health, to then eat for fat loss, get that goal down, and then you can continue to just eat for health from there to maintain that progress. Because eating for health inadvertently will most likely lower overall calorie consumption if your prior diet 
was a lot of processed foods, packaged foods, fast food, that sort of stuff. If you're going from that to choosing to eat for health, you will probably see some fat loss just with those changes because that alone would be a calorie reduction and your energy would improve, your likelihood to follow through on more healthy behaviors might improve. So you might see some initial fat loss from that. And I think that's why people feel that they might be able to get away with just eating for health. I'm eating healthy, so I'll see results because maybe there's some initial results from it when we make the original lifestyle change. But there will always come a point if you have a specific weight loss goal that most likely you're not going to get to the very, very end of that goal without having to look at calories in versus calories out and manage that energy balance. And so my suggestion to find that balance is going to be to focus on those healthy foundations first. How do you incorporate more fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, healthy fats, um, those kinds of foods into your diet? How do you make that more of a regular practice? How do you build a balanced meal? How do you listen to your hunger and fullness signals? How do you make these choices when you go out to eat without worrying about the calories? And then Once you have that down and that feels second nature to you, you know what to put in your grocery cart, you know how to meal prep, you know how to do all those things, then work on the exact portions for fat loss and dial in the calories in versus calories out. Because at that point, you have the healthy foundation of the foods that you should probably otherwise be eating in a fat loss phase anyways that are nutrient dense and filling and satiating. And then it's just a matter of tweaking the portions of those foods so that you can see the desired result that you want because it will inadvertently take specific amounts of specific types of foods, the macronutrients, the carbs, the fat, the protein, in order to get you to that end result to have the body that you want. If your goal is to not just lose weight, but to lose fat and see that toned look and that toned outcome. So that's how I know I run my program, that's how I'm pretty sure Christina also runs her program, is focusing on how do we get these habits down first? How do we make sure that is your lifestyle? And then just taking that knowledge and just kind of tweaking it a little bit, learning how to play that Tetris game with your macros, with your calories, and then be able to see the desired results in a measurable fashion and a predictable fashion. And the benefit of that is that if you have internal health issues like functional issues like gut, hormone, etc., if you're making decisions for health first, sometimes those things will correct themselves because you're making more nutritious choices for health. And if they don't correct themselves, then you should look at a look for a program or a practitioner that has somebody who can like look at your overall biofeedback, your symptoms and what you're going through and be able to make nutritional recommendations accordingly so that you can actually solve the root cause there. So that when you go into a fat loss phase, your body doesn't just resist it because these, these functional issues like hormone, gut, thyroid, adrenal, they also will prevent weight loss from happening if that internal health issue is not once addressed. So my recommendation is always just to Make sure that you try to find the healthy balance first and then work on the fat loss. Try not to go the other way around if you can help it because you will probably 
inadvertently hit more roadblocks if you go that way first. Because if you try to eat for fat loss, you might just hit a plateau because your internal health is not taken care of. It might require you to take a season of not focusing on fat loss and focusing solely on internal health. You might take some steps backwards, end up where you started weight wise or fat loss wise and have to go do it all over again anyways. So my recommendation is no matter how urgent the fat loss goal is, if you feel like you have some of those underlying issues, make sure that you are able to address that first, get your health in check, get your habits in check, get the foundation set, and then take those portions and make those choices accordingly. So that's literally it. I I think that's the whole thing. I hope that this was insightful and helpful that you drew some value from it. So if you did, please go ahead and share this episode and tag me in it, tag Barbell Lifestyle Podcast on Instagram in it to share the show. We would really appreciate that. Um, And just if you do find any value from the content that we provide, we absolutely would love for you to spread the word, help us reach more people in that way. And that'll also help us get more influential speakers and guests to come on our show to share more awesome information with you guys. So thanks again for listening. You can find myself at Marissa Roy Fitness and you can find Christina at Christy Lynn Fit. Thanks again for listening and we hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. Please remember that Christina and I are not medical professionals, so if you're going to make any changes to your exercise or nutrition routines, please consult with your doctor or medical team first. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday here at the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast.